Hello and welcome to every horror movie on Netflix. I'm glad you're back. We're all here ready to talk about every horror movie on Netflix. The journey continues. We're watching them all. We're talking about them all. Well, not at once. We're just going to talk about one today. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Just to make that clear. It's a long journey. It is. I mean, it's probably going to last us the rest of our fucking lives. The rest of our <laughs> lives or till the collapse of Netflix, whichever comes first. Oh, Netflix is definitely going to outlive us. I don't know. There's a lot of competition out there. I, for one, welcome our new streaming overlords. But. <laughs> well, we're glad to be back. We missed you last week. We we skipped a week because we had unforeseen medical situations to attend to. But we're back. Everyone's Stephen feeling was healthy. shitting his pants. I had a... Well, I had both ends burning, if you catch my drift. Oh, you were burning the candle at both ends. Uh Uh-huh. Did you feel like a character in Baskin? Uh, Ooh. Well, I hadn't seen Baskin yet when that happened. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the movie we're doing today. It's Baskin. Is that the correct pronunciation? Did we ever figure that out? I assume it's Baskin like Baskin Robbins. Not enough ice cream in this movie. Not enough. Not any at all. I'm surprised that Baskin Robbins even financed this movie, to be honest. (laughs) Actually, I, I was... Just, it seems very off-brand. I was fairly derelict in my regular research duties that I sort of do. Does anybody know what Baskin means? Yeah, so yeah. it means a couple of things. Well, I, I might be wrong. So one meaning is like a, a descent, like a slow descent. Another is a raid. Like a police raid. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of an apt title because mm-hmm. it's like to strike down or something. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. like... It can be used in the context of the police or in the context of just going down. And we have police in this movie who uh, descend on, into madness. Mm-hmm. Well, what's odd is that this is a subtitled movie. It's a Turkish film. But the title isn't subtitled, as it normally would be in a foreign mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would have to Google it and look it up if you didn't speak Turkish. Is it? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's, it probably doesn't really translate well. You know, it's like... They could have come up with something. I mean... I'm glad, though, that we, we actually have to do the little bit of footwork that I didn't do to find out that there's sort of an Lazy interesting fuck. and appropriate double meaning for this one, though. It's not a, so much a double meaning. I, I think Chris is right. It doesn't translate well. It's like, it's just really, like, there's there's not an equivalent in our language for what that means. But, I mean, you both can, the terms that you just described apply in some way to the movie. They do. Well, yeah. But that you went, they would lose the double entendre. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. It's kind of cool that we like have to figure that out instead of using some other English word uh, that doesn't have the same double meaning. Well, and it sets you up for a movie that uh, also requires a lot of work to figure things out. <laughs> this is very much a puzzle movie. It's like the inception of horror in many um, ways. Sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> no, that's true, though. There are sort of, like, nested... I guess I'm ripping this off from a review I read. I read the same review. It was described as, like, nested storylines. And there actually are. There are kind of little little pieces of the story that are tucked inside of each other. Maybe Chris saw a different movie. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess so. Chris I, just went to Baskin-Robbins and tried all 31 flavors. 
Well, we can say it maybe had some nested storylines, but let's not compare it to Inception. As a great work of cinema. You know, as flawed <laughs> as Inception is, it, it is a lot more cohesive than this movie, and you can understand how all the storylines tie into each other in that movie. Baskin, kind of all over the place. Let's. Uh, we should basically yeah. give the basic setup. So, um, we're we're following a, a a rookie on a squad of police officers in Turkey. Um, they're they're kind of out getting fucked up, and they get a call, a distress call. They wind up kind of off track. They encounter some strange stuff on the way, and they wind up in the woods. They encounter um, a strange sort of cult, and then they they end up in a in a an abandoned police precinct from the that's been around since the Ottoman Empire, apparently, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, given the, the architecture of this building. And they, they find trouble inside. Yep, trouble with a capital T. <laughs> and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. I was going to say rhymes with B that stands for bass. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, lots of horrors await. That's really what it is. So it's weird, because the first, I don't know what, first half hour 45 minutes is kind of a tarantino shit it's just yeah a hangout movie it's a hangout movie it's kind of like goodfellas reminiscent not just because they steal the how am i funny scene right out of goodfellas yeah i don't know maybe i don't know if the director ever saw goodfellas i don't know if that made it to turkey there's some really creepy shit in it, though. Like, it definitely sets a mood of unease for the first oh, half yeah, hour. Like, I mean, there is a lot of just the police officers sitting around and talking to each other and kind of building character to a degree. Um, but there's some there's some creepy shit. You've very early on, we've got a, a cloaked figure carrying a, a, a you know a kind of a rusty pail with meat in it. Yeah, bucket of entrails. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! There's even just a scene of meat being sliced up in the restaurant that the officers are eating in early in the movie, and that alone was horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I eat meat. I was a vegetarian for. 10 15 years of my life and that scene alone almost made me want to go back to being vegetarian sure the sound design the sound in design this movie is great so especially gross. in that scene you, yeah. know, you feel like your ear is pressed right up to that cut of meat yeah. as it's being sliced yeah it's very ominous and there's yeah. it seems like there's some kind of witchcraft going on like just on the periphery of sure. the events on the screen and you can't really get your finger on it and then you know one of the cops gets sick and it seems like he's cursed or something I'm not sure any of that really amounts to anything, though, because they basically just get in the van, go to this asylum, and torture unfolds. Sure, I'm with you. I don't think it really adds up to much. Um, we, we've we neglected the very beginning of the movie, though, which I think is kind of a key to, to understanding what's going on. If, if it's worth doing so, we'll get to that when we get to our reviews. But we begin with the scene of a child's bedroom. And I'm immediately hooked when I see, like, He-Man-esque action figures right. in a movie. It opens up, you know, mm-hmm. it's very kind of like Salem's Lot. This kid's got this very, like, ho- he's like a horror fan and likes kind of weird, creepy shit. Uh, and he... Uh, wakes up to the sound of what could only be his parents fucking and it disturbs him or his mom fucking his mom fucking might might be a single mom might be a single mom or his dad fucking it could be a single dad Uh, it sounds like a mom though it could be his babysitter fucking. His parents might have gone... But, but what if the single dad is fucking a woman? Someone's on Tinder and... Yeah, oh, I Who's see to say saying. if the woman who we hear having sex is his, is his biological well, mother? Well, he does yell mama. 
Mama. Oh, well, that's a clue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very relevant discussion topic here. Anyway, things take a dark turn from there. um, And this appears to be kind of a kind of a nightmare that he's that he's having, you know, like this, the shadowy figure comes out of the hallway. Right, and and we see this hand reach toward the camera. This very like it reminded me of like Creep Show, like with like the comic book lighting and everything, with like the yeah. Know, the old oh, there's Amicus so movies. much primary colors, especially in the beginning of this movie. There's so much just red, yellow, and blue everywhere. Oh yeah, it's like very. It's like a mix of like like Lucille Fucci, Fulci. I can never say that <laughs> ever. Um, and in like you know early John Carpenter, there's like a lot of like Assault on Precinct 13 going on here, and like yeah. Escape from New York. Oh, there's a, so much Carpenter in the score, and the score too is very yeah. synthy. Yeah, um, I mean I would say reminiscent of maybe they ripped off our theme. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were describing the opening scene though. Well, well, that's it. We it's kind of like it's kind of a kids kids nightmare. We're not sure if this is real. This is a nightmare, but but creepy shit is going on. It's a traumatic moment. Then we cut to these you know tracking shot uh of the outside of this kind of roadside diner and the the policemen uh sitting around talking about fucking really is all they're doing there's they're, a lot of a talking lo- about fucking uh, fucking elephants fucking chickens, chickens. uh fucking uh, uh tr- transvestite yeah and none of it seemingly has anything to do with the opening scene other than no. that there was fucking in both places and so well maybe maybe it, maybe it does we've been curious about the political implications of this film since it's turkish and steve said he did some research did you learn anything that in that would inform us as to why there's so much discussion of i've sex? learned that we are overthinking it yeah. essentially okay. All right. um well because that's one of the problems when you're watching a film from another country especially a country like turkey where us as ignorant americans yeah. are kind of insulated from the culture and the politics over there so it's like for me, this movie seemed throughout very arbitrary. And, well, I was telling Patrick, like, one of my favorite torture porn movies is Saw 6. Saw 6 is kind of an allegory about the U.S. healthcare system, and it's, you know, very blunt about that. But if you're watching it in Turkey, it might just seem like arbitrary bullshit because they don't know what our healthcare system and the political conversation mm-hmm. about it is. So I'm watching this, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is about the current political situation in Turkey. Maybe this is a metaphor for the Armenian genocide. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, and um, I, I think we have a tendency to want to look for deeper meaning in a film like this, because one, it's foreign, we don't really know, I'm not familiar with what's going on in Turkey, like you said, and... Uh, also, it's very artistic looking. It appears to be very thoughtfully put together, and I just assume that because it's a foreign film, that there's something I wasn't grasping. I don't think there is, honestly. I think this movie really falls apart after the first act. Mm. I was very intrigued by the the um, the sort of machismo and sort of the the pissing contest between the the police officers, and I kind of wanted to see something bad happen to them or see them get into a hairy situation. We do, and as soon as we do that, there really wasn't any reason for me to care to continue watching. No, like if you don't remember who the characters were and how they behaved in the first scene in the restaurant there's really no more character after that i mean they were mostly indistinguishable from each other yeah um which is a definitely a problem i've noticed time and time again i think back to the ritual (laughs) where we've basically just got you know five really unlikable people here one of them is significantly younger and more attractive than the others and that sets him apart another is ill and the other is significantly older than the others yes and those are the two who actually 
have some the character. chief and the rookie yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and then the rest are just yeah fodder for whatever the hell is in this asylum and it's just torture porn i mean i don't really know if you know without getting too heavy into spoilers that's what people need to know if they see this movie it's a bunch of cops they go to an asylum it's torture porn it is yeah absolutely i didn't think there was anything more to it than that and i want to discuss that element of it further but before that you mentioned to me chris as uh when i when i called in sick for the podcast last week that you were jamming to the song they were playing in the van yeah in this movie oh, that they get the distress call and goes it goes on for so long i loved it and actually the lyrics i why uh, should pull up the lyrics to that song they were singing along with it right they were singing yeah. along and i think the lyrics were actually very kind of poignant and like to, like it seemed like kind of bad guys having a good time but like the song they were singing is really morose and disturbing mm-hmm. it's like this light pop song but it, it was uh it was like a ballad of some sort yeah so again that's another thing where there's probably a cultural gap in how we watch it versus a turkish audience i don't know maybe that's like a song that they know in turkey or maybe not <laughs> I have no idea. It might have been a song that was written for this film. I mean, it was. I don't remember it super well, but I do remember it like after a while, like reading because you were reading the lyrics on screen, thinking, "Oh fuck, this is disturbing. This is not the peppy. You know, this is not the kind of song you want to like use to pregame for the night." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, so I just said that the movie's mostly torture porn, but there are some semi-interesting trappings added to it later on in the movie, some mysticism stuff. It doesn't really seem to amount to anything or, or pay off in a way that I appreciate. It really isn't mostly you. torture porn, though. The last half hour is, is some gruesome shit. Well, it's an hour and a half movie. The first half hour we've said is good, where they're in a restaurant talking shit, character development, that's all good. Then the second half hour is them walking around in the dark and occasionally getting fucked up by random stuff, and then you see a bunch of blood here and there. And then the third half hour is just complete torture porn. Yeah. I think really, yeah, I I think that's pretty close. Like, after the half hour mark, they start getting fucked up. And then it just escalates from there until it's yeah. over. So I mean, a, that is two-thirds of the movie. There's a midsection where it's like generic haunted house kind of shit. Where it's like, oh, God, where did you guys go? Oh, no, what's wrong? Oh, what's this? Who killed and, this person? And that's pretty brief. And even in there, we've got, you know, flashlights shining on rooms of just naked people wearing masks fucking covered in blood. I just yeah. knew as soon as I saw that I was like I don't think I'm going to be down for this movie I'll be honest it takes a lot to shock me and disturb me this movie has a kind of a dream logic to it reminded me a lot mm-hmm. of Mulholland Drive at times mm-hmm. not nearly as skillfully done but there is one scene in particular that is very Mulholland Drive where it's kind of a flashback because there's a lot of kind of jumping around in time going on in this movie not clear why that's happening except I think part of the key is probably the dream that we see in the beginning of the film but anyway, I'm getting off track. I'm in my own sort of time loop here. Once we get into the once we get into the precinct and we start seeing the fucked up shit happening, the dream logic, the just kind of what kind of movie is this? It's very stylish. It really did kind of hypnotize me, and it made me even more sensitive to the violence and the weird sex and the gore. And I, if I did not have to watch this movie for this podcast, I would have turned it off and probably still had bad dreams from what little I saw. Well, that sounds like an endorsement. Like I'm glad you had that experience. 
experience. I wish I could endorse this movie, but the, it has so few redeeming qualities. I wish that it had continued on that very intriguing path that it's the, from of the first act. So I need to speak up because I disagree sure. strongly with all this. I was intrigued throughout. I I mean I agree that it is arbitrary in a way the way it proceeds. Um, but I was willing to just kind of surrender to that dream logic kind of thing. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Mulholland Drive because it did remind me of David Lynch in a way who I like a lot. And if the atmosphere is interesting and, and visually compelling enough for me, then I can surrender to that dream logic. This movie is couched in this weird dream logic where it feels surreal and it seems like it's intended to feel surreal and i felt absolutely and i i won't argue that i surrendered to that and totally embraced that and enjoyed it a lot okay so ultimately they get taken by this death cult and it's led by this guy named baba who's played by this guy named Mehmet. i'm not going to try to pronounce his last name and this guy it's like they made the whole movie around this guy they said we got a weird looking guy Let's make a horror movie. This guy, I saw a review that said he has a. It said he's genetically unconventional, and that's a good way to put it. I really don't know how to describe this guy's uh, condition. I guess he has a skin condition. Very interesting head and body, and he was a non-actor. Apparently, he was working in a parking garage. He had to go to the mayor's office in the city they were living in and petition for a job because he said no one wants to hire me because I look like this. They put him in touch with a casting guy and uh, the rest is history. And so he and his cult just kind of kind of run the show for the uh, last half hour of this movie. So I have two things to say about of course this do. actor. Um, one, I'm sad that he couldn't get a job because he is strange looking, but he's not horrifying. I mean, if I ran into him in real life, I wouldn't be repulsed. I'm, I'm sad that he couldn't get a job. Two, He's fucking great in this. I mean, he for a guy who didn't have a ton of acting experience, he is really creepy and has great presence on he's screen. He's magnetic. Yeah. yeah, when he's on screen, like he's fascinating. I mean, it, 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 for his especially considering his short stature, he owns the screen when yeah. he's on yeah. screen. His line delivery is. I mean, he's got some pretty ridiculous lines in this movie. I feel like they're trying to telegraph whatever sort of vague, like pseudo mystical themes might might be behind this thing. I don't think there's really much to read into there, but but he delivers it with, with total expertise and conviction. Totally. And he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah. You know? Like a cult leader, he, let me he's clarify. charismatic. Yeah. Let me clarify. He's doing horrible things, but it's kind of like Hellraiser, where the, the things in Hellraiser aren't there because they're evil. They're there because like they're like pain is pleasure and you open the box so we're here yeah. to like fuck yeah. you up isn't that what you wanted he's it's like Thanos thing. <laughs> right sure um, <laughs> so so Mehmet or Baba here is like he seems to like love these people he's torturing and he's like caressing their faces and stuff and that's a nice touch oh it's so weird and creepy and it's, he's like rooting for them yeah and I'm, he yeah. genuinely genuinely believes that he's setting them on the right path. And who am I to say he's not? Because I don't know what this movie's about. His followers seem happy. Uh, the thing for me is, like, I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't like, think his followers seem happy. They're all, like, crawling on the floor, writhing, wearing rags with, like, They eyes, could leave. No eyes. They could leave. What um, was the... One of you sent me a thing that said this was, like, George Romero directed... Uh, me. 
Yeah, what was that? It was uh, like cross between Mad Max and Rocky Horror. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he has this <laughs> assistant who looks like Riff Raff, except half of his face is covered up. It looks like I mean, there's so it, this movie reminded me of a lot of uh, Mad Max Fury Road, just in terms of art design. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. It's really creepy and weird and nicely designed. Everything smart, imaginative, we're today. all around. Everything was everything smart we say today is from another review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have been citing a lot of other reviews today, which actually is a great segue to a YouTube comment. I think that we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look this guy up if you don't watch the movie. He is fascinating. I really like while I was watching this, especially in certain lighting, I was trying to figure out like, are these prosthetics or not? Like, is that his mm. real face, mm. his real head? I mean, the first time you see him, you see the back of his head, which is very oddly shaped and kind of almost like heart shaped. He's got like a a bit of like a rivet in the top of the mm-hmm. back of his head and he's caressing his head with blood from a, a bowl and uh it's just so creepy and disturbing but some people find Mehmet attractive sure so i uh, was watching or listening to rather on youtube an hour-long interview with the director and have we uh, have Mehmet. we specified by the way Mehmet is the actor's name Mehmet is the actor's name yeah. i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly um but i'm just pronouncing it phonetically so uh, i i rarely read the comments on youtube but i was curious about this site uh, called uh without your head that does pretty interesting horror interviews i'm definitely going to check out more of their stuff and i was like oh, i want to see how many views this has not many about 1800 and then i thought i look at the comments see what the community's like there's two uh the first one not all that interesting just fantastic interview needs more views i agree with that <laughs> and then linda g chimes in six months ago uh so linda linda so here's what she said no one mentions Mehmet's body he may be short but he's built like bruce lee I can't believe that this has gone unnoticed since he is playing the ultimate I evil agree incarnation. With this so far I do too. Since he is playing the ultimate evil incarnation, he needs to have a body that evokes lust, and Mehmet's body is every bit deserving of that lust. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Just one moment. So this woman thinks, associates the ultimate incarnation of evil with lust. She wants to lust after I think, the ultimate incarnation I think of she's evil. she's just rationalizing her lust. Mm. But my body evokes lust. How come people don't talk about that? How come people don't think of you as the ultimate incarnation of evil? They do. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. Back on Keep going. We need, to ta- we need to process this like one sentence at a time. We do. It's a lot. I've read this yeah. three times and I'm still like, Linda G, who are you? I looked her up. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. There's probably it's, a lot of Linda G's out there. It's kind of funny. No, I mean, I like looked at her YouTube account to see what else she's posted. to oh, see. Like, oh. Let's get her on this show. We yes. Should. We should because I didn't learn anything about her except that she doesn't like Trump. Um, Perfect. She'll fit right in with us the fourth chair so continuing with uh linda here you say he has a skin condition but is it the disease that causes his body to be so perfect Ooh, that's a lot right there too that is yeah it's like because he like his body is so perfect that like it contains so much beauty that he he couldn't if he had a normal face he would be a god <laughs> it's like what i'm reading into this <laughs> it's like we have we have a fight like humans have a finite capacity for beauty and his is all concentrated <laughs> below his head <laughs> um I, i'm speaking on linda's behalf hopefully she can come on and, and we can gain some more maybe she can clarify we have questions uh, for you, Linda G. We're, we're going to take a hard turn left here, though. And yes, I do realize that he's not tall. 
<laughs> his face is so unique. I even like his voice. He was absolutely perfect for this role, exclamation point. I only found this movie a week ago, and I've had to watch it twice, only because of Mehmet and the Frogs. Mehmet is beautiful! <laughs> Two exclamation points. I'm just imagining yeah. her, and we haven't talked about the frogs, but there's a recurring thing where frogs show up. There's like swarms of frogs. It's like mag. It's like Turkish magnolia. Um, <laughs> oh god! Yeah. And Let, this less torture in this movie than than it is to watch magnolia. I was I was singing <laughs> I was singing save me throughout this whole movie. <laughs> oh man, so many good magnolia jokes. Um. But I'm just imagining Linda G. watching the frogs as kind of like... Because, I mean, the frog shit is mostly before Mehmet shows up. I'm just imagining her watching, like, skipping through this movie, watching the frog scenes, just kind of, like, warming up for Mehmet, you know? <laughs> oh, God. That's her foreplay. <laughs> and the frogs are... the frog. I don't really understand the frogs, but this is a dream. This whole movie is a series of dreams within dreams within dreams. And I kind of like the frog stuff because it is, like, another mm-hmm. sort of... It is another sort of, like... It starts to feel like a clue to something. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time we see one, uh, it's in a soap dish. In a soap dish, uh, the not the rookie, but but another another cop has gotten fucked up. He's drank too is that much. Yavuz, is or, that his name? He's the he's the one who we thought was he's the driver or something. Yeah, and and he goes off in the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom to to puke, much like um, both you and I did over yeah. the last uh, week or so. Yeah. And there's a frog in the dish, and you know we don't know what it means, but it, it's it's strange, it's out of place, and this movie is setting setting us up to sort of pay attention to these odd details. Honestly, if you know, like I just got back from the Philippines, if you went, to the, if I went to the bathroom and there was a frog in the soap dish, I'd be like, okay, there's a frog in the soap dish. Yeah, you would pick the frog up and just kind of lather your hands up with it. Yeah, probably, but like it's. I don't know. I don't know what turkeys like. If frogs are a common, I was thing. wondering. Is is it, I don't know what the but symbolism like, like means. Like a roadside like bathroom that opens up to the outside. I'd expect would, a frog. I would upstairs. expect a frog or a giant cockroach in every bathroom. But here, it's it's clearly set up to be very ominous, and then eventually we've got scads Piles of, frogs. of frogs. Just scads, scads. <laughs> <laughs> We've got eggs filled with blood. There's so many. Oh Jesus! Weird, I forgot about that. That is surreal, I, creepy visuals. In I, this. One character vomits when he sees that, and I was so hoping that one of them would, because that honestly might have been one of the most disgusting images I've ever seen. In a film. Maybe that was what made you sick last week. Yeah, tons of frogs, tons of gross shit. It's a gross movie, but the most important thing we need to know is Patrick. Would you cue it, view it, or screw it? I would say. View it. View it. View it. Tell us more. I mean, as I've said already, I I understand the complaints about the plot being certainly unconventional, but I was definitely on its dream logic sort of level. It was really interesting visually, decent performances. Mehmet was of course transfixing in his own special way. Yeah. Um yeah. I was really into it. I mean, it's kind of a thing, one of those things where, like, if you've listened to the podcast this long, you've heard all this shit, you're still thinking about it, definitely check it out. Steven, would you cue it, screw it, or view it? I would give this my highest cue it. Um, I think this is a film of... uh Oh, don't act surprised. Um, I, I think this is a film of high technical quality. It really did. It really did pull me in. I, I, I felt the dreamlike quality of it, and once it veers into the torture porn category, I still was kind of transfixed. I was horrified, but it, but it affected me deeply, and I couldn't stop looking at it. I think Mehmet is. Um, 
I don't know what else he could do aside from this role. Honestly. I love that we call him Mehmet now. Like we know him. He's our bro. My, Mehmet. Buddy, my buddy Mehmet. Um, really just captivating performance. I like the production design. I like the lighting. I like the soundtrack. Everything is great. I like the sort of um, kind of MacGuffin beginning of it where we've just got the cops talking about, you know, fucking cheap and, and chicken and, and whatever else. It's very death proof. Uh, there's a lot going for it. I hate that it takes a left turn into just the banality of torture, but but where would you want it to go? I guess is because because to me, I I love that that hard twist, the hard left from sort of banal shit into just absolute visceral horror. I so I want to like that, but I don't really feel any one way or other about these characters enough to see them be tortured in that way. Like, I don't feel like they deserve it. I don't know why they deserve that. That's my problem. But really. you did you did relate to those characters. You got the the character building kind of shit. I like the camaraderie. The they seemed like kind of, you know, salty, you know, dirt bags. But, like, I didn't think they deserved to be tortured to that extent. Mm-hmm. And I did not enjoy seeing them endure that. No. Um, yeah, I, I agree, actually. But, yeah, I agree. I think it was well done, very well directed, but it just I wish that there was more of a, a brain behind this movie, at least as far as the script goes. It seems like, from at least from what I've heard, a lot of it was pretty heavily improvised. It was like, we know that we have these cops, and they're going to get tortured. And I, I feel like some more work should have been done on the script. It's Mumble vision- Car. <laughs> Dude, we need like a sound cue for Mumblecore. You say the word Mumblecore at least once an episode. Mehmet is uh, world's greatest Mumblecore actor. We could we could use the Kill List theme, but I've like, what's a good Mumblecore movie? Like, what do we think of? We think of Mumblecore, like a fucking. I don't know. I want to know what Chris uh, even thinks of when he thinks of that's Mumblecore. That's a good question. I feel. I, have I, you seen a Mumblecore movie? Uh, probably not, but I mean, isn't like Francis Ha the like, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Let's cue the Francis That's Ha That's not theme. Mumblecore. Is it not? That's definitely a very scripted movie. It is. Oh. That's not Mumblecore well, at all. fuck you guys. It does star I'm Greta Gerwig, like, who has done a lot of Mumblecore movies, but... Like yeah, what? It's not a Mumblecore movie itself. Like what? What's a Greta Gerwig Mumblecore movie? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, listeners, pull up IMDb, look up early Greta Gerwig, and uh, let us know. <laughs> I mean, here's While the thing, though. Watch House of the Devil, Greta Gerwig's in that. It's one of my favorite horror Wait, movies. Wait, I did not realize she was in that. Minor part. Okay. Well, oh, she gets killed really early on, right? Mm, yeah, abruptly. That's a spoiler. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. It came out like five years ago. Who cares? Uh, Chris, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? I would screw it. I'm really jealous that you guys had a, um, you know, went on a journey with this movie. I wish I had, but it had very, production values were fine. I liked the stuff at the beginning. The torture porn didn't do anything for me. I was so bored through two thirds of this movie. I think the reason why there was a question about like whether the veer in a torture porn works or not. And it's just, for me, the beginning was interesting enough and enough of a slow boil that I kind of wanted all that shit to pay off. I wanted to understand the frogs. I wanted to understand the mysticism. I wanted to understand what was going on with these individual characters. And then it's just, oh, well, here's a bunch of torture. And none of that stuff paid off. And that was frustrating for me. I thought the, two, the last two thirds of this movie were so much less interesting than the first half hour of this movie that it was just a chore to get through. So fuck it. Screw it. I mean, I will say I understand where you guys are coming from because it does... Because it has those long dialogue-y stretches, you feel like you're getting into something that's more character-heavy because it spends so much time trying to get you 
introduced to these characters. Yeah, or even themes and and stuff. I just, I yeah. Greta Gerwig was in Baghead, which seems to be pretty much the only Mumblecore movie she was in. So, fuck me for so saying. So, cue the Baghead theme. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna go to the spoiler room and spoil nothing because we've described this whole movie but i think we're going to dig a little deeper into uh some of the more explicit aspects of this yeah film. and we're okay. going to spoil the very end which threw me for a fucking loop yeah there's some twists we'll, we'll oh, get into it loop indeed all right so go watch it if you want to see that shit or if you just want to listen to us talk about it stay tuned we're going to the spoiler room in a few seconds see you there All right, welcome back. We're in the spoiler room. Delving deep, we're going downward, strike into Baskin. We're striking to the heart of Baskin. And it's chilly down here as always. And so. Mehmet's here. Hey, Mehmet. He's stroking my face. He's not saying much, but it feels good. Are there blood in his hands? I head? wish he would wipe is that there, blood off there his blood hands. In his hands? Yeah. Well, of course there's blood in his hands. It's my blood. I gave him my blood just before we started recording. Did he gouge your eyes out, is my question. Why do you think I've been wearing this blindfold the whole fucking oh, show? Oh, fuck. Why didn't I put that together? Oh, <laughs> no. So stupid. So stupid. No so there's your first Great spoiler. improv, guys. <laughs> this uh, this movie is Great disgusting. Guess, I mean, we talked about the eggs with the blood, but it gets worse than that. I mean, there's some, like, weird fucking going on. Someone is forced to fuck a woman wearing, like, a... All right, yes. Well, we'll talk about the woman fucking, and then let's just go around and describe. We'll see, it'll be like a draft. We'll just pick the torture we remember. Um, well, that wasn't the most disturbing thing to me, so if somebody else was bothered by that, they should All go right. for it. What was fucked up to you? Well, at some point, this um, kind of concubine uh, who who we've seen uh, throughout these final, not final scenes, but the last like third of the movie, uh, gives birth to a fetus-shaped rock. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, and, fuck. I mean, this is after I've already been just pummeled with disgusting imagery, and that really set me over the edge. That was a moment where I actually think I like kind of like flew back on my chair. Like, I couldn't believe this movie could get more disturbing. <laughs> Maybe that's what the guy was watching in the fucking Memorex commercial. Never mind. <laughs> that was um actually a fun fact. That is the singer of Bauhaus, Peter Murphy. Amazing. And that it's a, that Maxwell ad. I think it's Maxwell. Yeah. So yeah, we got that. I remember there was like they disembowel a guy and just like pulls intestines out, don't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's been sewn shut from an entry that I don't think we oh, ever see on right. screen. Of course not. Why would we see it on screen? And then why Mehmet, would we know why he's sewn shut? And then Mehmet slowly <laughs> rips that incision open and pulls oh, the was, intestines yeah, out. Sorry, oh, I forgot about that. That was intense. Uh, what else is there? Well, I mean, the the reason the woman gives birth to the fetus-shaped stone is that one of the policemen is forced to have sex with her. And I mean, does just, he enjoy it? Like, no, I, no. Are There's, you me? There are no, like a couple of moments. There are a couple of moments where I'm like, but you've got a heart on. I like, mean, yeah. The question is, why does he have an erection in the first place? Yeah. But he, he found his fetish. He looks. He looks <laughs> <laughs> He this looks movie traumatized. Is like, this movie's like scene. Phantom Thread. It's like a slow burn, and it's all about a guy finding spoilers. His <laughs> oh man, that was a that's a weird comparison. But but yes, <laughs> and I haven't seen Phantom Thread, so fuck you. Oh. 
just the uh-huh. appearance of that woman in the first place is really weird. I mean, she's just let out on all fours. What's she wearing? There's some. It's a grand introduction. It's a weird too. thing I over mean, her like, face. She's got like a potato a sack hood over or something. Her head. Yeah, that whole thing is very weird. I mean, obviously the the eye gouging. Yes, yeah, this is the same guy who gets his eyes stabbed out. Oh yeah, after he gets his eyes stabbed yeah. out, he has to fuck the woman. That's so right. he doesn't even know what he's fucking. And like, but we've I, established that he's fucked. I don't know which creature he fucked, but in that early conversation they were having at the the restaurant, the chicken or they're something. Talking about chicken. I think and this is the guy who had sex with the transvestite. Okay. So it seems so, like there's a it seems like there's a through line here with that yeah. and with the sex that was being heard in the mom's room, but I can't. Well, the out director what it means. did say that. Um, hold on, give me a second. While I pull up a quote. He's got notes. He's like Bill Maher. He's got all his note cards <laughs> all over the table. <laughs> got any new rules for us, Stephen? <laughs> oh God. Um, well, so this is a male-dominated movie. There are only a few females, and the director has said that. And it's he actually gave a really non-committal statement about it, which bothers me. That he says, "Well, this might be about you know sort of a male-dominated society and the way that men behave when they think that women don't matter." And I, <laughs> I, I, but there's so little else in this movie outside of these torture porn scenes that I don't really buy that. Like I don't. I think that's like an answer he had to cook up when people started grilling him about what this movie's about. I don't like. He's a guy who likes Iron Maiden and like hardcore horror movies that's it like I, he's, he sounds like a fun guy i want to hang out with him he sounds like a fun guy but like i i think that he just wanted to make a movie um his mom financed it like really? he says he's not rich but this movie clearly cost like at least a quarter million dollars and uh yeah i don't know like i think he's he sounds like kind of a like kind of a charming douchebag there's not enough in this movie to make me think that he really has any handle on delivering a, a script that would satisfy any of us at least i think he's got a decent he's got the visual style i, mean, I was satisfied sure um but i mean this is coming from like the brain of a guy who like he literally says in this interview two interviews i listened to with him that like he grew up like buying albums because of the cover artwork not knowing what was inside like this movie is like looks good on the outside on the if you try to go deeper than that you're gonna have problems yeah chris what was your continuing the nfl draft though what was what horrified you in this final stretch man i don't even know if i was horrified i mean I certainly oh, you weren't. certainly the the forced sex scene was pretty gnarly just because it went on for a long time and and it was just it was just fucked up i mean i don't think i've seen anything like that really in a movie before well you haven't seen irreversible <laughs> no i haven't oh good uh, for you <laughs> And then the eye gouging was pretty rough. It reminded me of Mission Impossible 2 when the guy's got his knife like a centimeter from Tom Cruise's eye. The eye gouging is intense, especially because, I mean, in the end, it's kind of the classic. You don't really see that. I mean, I guess you do see... You don't see an a knife plunge into an eye even like a fake eye though like it's all about the tension it's just unbearable but then you how see his long... thumbs going into the sockets afterward i'm pretty sure like, i guess like they don't show me... the actual moment but afterward like he gets his digs in 
But to me, the real cringe was just like how long that knife, like Baba just dances that knife around those guys' eyes for so long. It's like, oh God, well, just that stop whole and scene. stab him already. It's like Salo or Salo, however it's pronounced, you know, it's like he's, he's sort of like the, you know, he's the master torturer in the scene and like, you know what's going to happen. And the real horror is just, like, imagining what he's going to do. Yeah. And then this movie goes way too far in showing what he does in certain instances. Like what, though? Because I don't... Like the stomach scene? Oh, well, yeah. That's very over the top. The eye gouging? You don't see the actual eyes getting gouged, but then you see him, like, shoving his thumbs into the eye sockets afterwards. Like, it's just so... I don't so, remember that, It's though. so excessive and over the top. And it doesn't need to be. It's terrifying enough. But then again, I fall back on, why is this happening why do I care that these characters are being treated this way? I didn't. They didn't do anything like horribly offensive beyond being just sort of basic bros in the beginning of the film. I, mean, like, I don't think they deserve this kind of. Most hell. of them aren't good people, and they're they're bullying the civilians who are working in the restaurant to a degree that's kind of disturbing. It's like know, a mafia aspect office. to yeah. it, where they sort of the cops, you know, they they kind of have role. They're it, kind of dirty cops, but yeah, it's it doesn't really connect to the torture at all, really. Well, there is the one part which is again almost a theme where Baba Mehmet is like you know about to fuck a guy up and he's screaming at him he's like don't you know i'm we're the police we're the law or something like that and baba's just like cuts his throat <laughs> yeah oh right yeah i just wish it meant something yeah. honestly that, that's my main problem with this film i think it looks great it definitely affected me it kept me interested but I, I didn't learn anything. And again, it's, it's frustrating because I feel like a lot of stuff was done deliberately, but then I can't pull a meaning out of it. And the reason that frustrates me, and we've had these discussions before, where it's like, is there something there? Is it just my inability to understand this movie? Because there are movies that do have actual messages that I can't grasp that are well done, you know? like Yeah, but I mean, this is... Like a, Phantom this Thread. Is a, like Phantom Thread. <laughs> but this is a first feature by a guy who's... I think only directed like music videos like I didn't really mm. try too hard when I was watching it I didn't, I didn't think it was above my level of thinking I just thought like he's having fun making his first movie and I did appreciate a lot of the aspects that come with that kind of like first filmmaker mentality just like trying out all the tricks the tracking shots and like the lighting tricks and all of that alright well good for him <laughs> I, we're in the spoiler room so I, I, I would be remiss to not bring up the other thing I thought was kind of interesting, which is that the like old police chief and the rookie kid have some kind of connection to some sort of spiritual force and they share it and they can like go to another realm and there's like it seems There's a shining aspect to this for sure. Yeah, and it seems like while they're both in the torture den, they can also be present in like a alternate reality version of the restaurant yeah. and and they're talking about that and they're talking about kind of their connection to the underworld or the I don't afterlife. think those are chronologically simultaneous. Well, I think the diner stuff is kind of in a timeless space like I don't really know because there's it's just them and the rest of the place is gone and they float. I don't know. It's, it's not surreal dream logic shit. I right. mean, it's not. It's, it's not as like though... that's why I think of Mulholland Drive because it reminded me of the diner scene, like yeah. the, the the classic nightmare scene in that. Or Inception, I think, is a fair comparison because it's similar where there's just like these kind of like nested 
little Russian doll reality. But unlike Inception, movie. it's not clearly laid out in this film, and I think no. that trick, which becomes... I like, because I got so fucking sick of Inception explaining everything. Oh, me. I did too, and I think this film actually like could have used a little more exposition to explain that, just a tiny bit, because I didn't really know where I was as this thing was going. No, so, and uh, like I said, it's so frustrating because you have these two characters who have a thing, a little metaphysical thing, a little shining between them, and they seem to know something that no one else does, and they're in this dark place where there's torture. Doesn't really amount to anything. Like everyone still gets tortured, and yeah, that's that. But then the rookie ultimately escapes, right? How does he escape? Do we remember? No. He actually smashes Mehmet's head. Whoa, with a key. He oh, finds a key. Yeah. Mehmet, oh. Mehmet has a keyhole oh, yeah. tattoo. Oh, he oh we need a backup. He, he yeah, gets right. a key in this like diner realm from the yes! key. Yes! Oh, my God. I love this movie so much more now okay. that I remembered that. All right. Well, you're already a view it, so. Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> There's no higher than that. So he, gives, oh. so he gives him a key in the dream diner, and then he's like <laughs> in the torture diner. realm with the key, and yeah, our friend Mehmet has a key tattooed on his head. A keyhole. Key keyhole, yeah. And so he puts the key in the keyhole. Stabs it. Stabs it in there, and then like to, then he like what, he has a brick, and he, Slow-mo he hammers the death. key with the brick, and just explodes his head, and there's blood all Which over him. Which is shit out of him. I was oh, in the at blood. At that point, it's a bridge too far. Yeah, that was too much for me. <laughs> um, and then he escapes. He leaves all the Mad Max Muppets behind. And... <laughs> the Mad Max Muppets. That's your band name. Yeah, there you there go. There you go. And uh, he goes off, and he gets hit by the police van. Their police yeah, van. Right. Which, like, earlier, because, they're driving yes. the police van, and they... I think they hit two people, don't they? They hit somebody. Just one. I Just think. one. Uh, there's something else happened in the van, anyway. So, it's, and it's mysterious. It's un unknown who they've hit at that point. They in never the movie. find the body. They're like, oh, yeah. there was a guy in the road. And that's sort of the point where shit really gets weird originally. Yeah. So the, in the beginning, they hit someone. They wind up in the pond or whatever in the police van. And they survive. At the end of this movie, they're all dead, right? Yeah. They hit him, and then they're all dead. So it's like he was in it. Like this was like his dream from the crash. Does it show them all dead? No, it doesn't show them all dead. It shows the van like in the lake again, and then that's it. Yeah. So I mean, they're not. Wait, why are you saying? Well, they're all everyone dead? we've seen everybody die, and we don't oh. see any. You know. Oh, it, but I, there's a time. I mean, there's a time yeah. loop. Thing I mean, it's open on. interpretation. And if they're like alive again, or what the fuck's happening? I don't know. It feels kind of cheap, and it feels kind of like a punchline to me. I didn't understand it all the first time I saw it. I was like, what the fuck? He just got hit by a car? This is a fucking stupid ending. And then I went back and went, oh, that's the police fan. That's the guy that they saw yeah, that got he, hit he, before. He, and so basically, he still got hit by a car. It's I, still stupid. I, it means I, I didn't think it was stupid. It doesn't mean anything, but it was. It was. I, I like the circuitous timeline. He might that. as well have been hit by a random car, and it would have meant the same to me. Because otherwise, it's like, oh, he just got hit by a car. But it's like, oh, aren't we clever? Because it was actually him. But it's like, what? it's like, it's like tricking you into thinking that you missed something and that you're not like smart enough to understand this movie. And really, there's nothing to understand. Like, right. it's like I think this movie is best taken at face value. This isn't like even Donnie Darko does that better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is best taken at face value. We keep trying to apply some like larger themes or thesis statement to it, but. In my mind, it, it just worked as a weird dream logic. Dream kind of logic. Thing. To me, it dream felt logic, like dream logic, dream yeah, logic. Dream I'll logic. say that for the no, nine thousandth time. No, that's what it is. It's dream logic, I guess. Sure. I think that worked pretty well for like two thirds of the movie because I did 
it succumbed to it and felt entranced by it and horrified at times. But ultimately, in the end, it felt like like one of the like worst Twilight Zone episodes from the original series. Like it was just like a punchline that didn't land at all for me. <sighs> I wouldn't they call would, it a punchline, though. They it would have done it. It didn't it feel better. like it was supposed to be humorous to me. I'd not say I'm. I don't mean punchline like it was a joke, but like it felt like it was like sort of a like. I don't even know how to describe it. They're presenting it as clever. Yeah, it's like an exclamation point at the end, and that like you're supposed to sort of like think like, oh, I should go back and watch it again, see if I can understand it, and like piece the timeline together. But you can't do that. Mm. There's not enough threads there to make that possible. I didn't see it that way. Well, that's Baskin. A great film or not. Watch it yourself. <laughs> you can decide. <laughs> uh, what are we watching next week? You want me to tell you? Yeah, tell us. I'm, I'm kind of afraid of what tell might us. be coming next. We're watching Be Afraid, which I'm looking forward to. Again, I don't know what it's about, but I saw the artwork. It's like a cornfield and a silhouette, and it says Be Afraid. I'm there. If that came out at the movie theater, I would movie pass it opening night and take a picture of my stub and then check into a second movie and see it again. (laughs) I'm skeptical of any movie that would tell me how I'm supposed to feel about it, though. Yeah, that's a good good point. (laughs) All right. Well, join us in two weeks. We're watching Be Afraid. But uh, until then, you know, keep it spooky out there. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. Send us a letter. We'd love to hear from you. But until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Stephen. See you next time. Mm